Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. My name is Anna. I was born in one of the former Soviet republics, raised in a small yet very unique country in the Middle East, and have been living in the U.S. for almost 20 years. I've always been curious about different languages, cuisines, music, and traditions. I also always had a desire to help people become their best self. I invite you to join me on an adventure throughout the world as I discover immigrants' stories, learn about new cultures, and together we find new ways to help immigrants unlock their potential. Welcome to the Immigrant Squared podcast. Today we have Susie uh, all the way from California joining the podcast to talk about her experience as a child of immigrants. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Can you tell us a little bit about your family and your story growing up as a child of immigrants? Sure. Um, So I was actually born in Armenia and Um, my family immigrated to actually Los Angeles when I was just two years old. It was like right after my second birthday. So I'm born in, I'm born on August 3rd. My family moved here August uh, 16th. So So you are an immigrant too. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Yes. It's very strange that I like, I think of myself as an immigrant because I was like literally, literally two. So I don't even remember, you know, that journey. But yeah, we actually came um, with a big group. It was my family, which is my mom, my dad, and my two older sisters, uh, and my uncle's family. So they were a family of four, and then my grandma and grandpa from my dad's side. So all of us came together when I was two. So, yeah. So how was that journey to um, the U.S.? Yeah, so I don't have any memories. Like, I don't remember anything. I just know stories from, like... Um, what, my sisters remember it a little bit more, uh, and then my, my parents. So they'll, I, I know that like uh, back in the day, uh, Armenia was part of the USSR. So um, my dad actually had to go to Russia to get all our paperwork because I guess there wasn't like an embassy or anything there in Armenia. So him and my uncle would go to Russia, get all our paperwork, and then. Um, um sell everything that we had there and basically uh come with like uh, a few hundred bucks and um luckily we had a family here my mom had her very best friend who had moved here like around 10 10 years before her and so we stayed with them for like a few weeks until you know my parents um got all their paperwork done, applied for like food stamps and all the immigration papers. And then finally, like my dad uh, found a job and my mom was um, taking care of us. Basically, we were three kids. We were were, were two, I think we were two, six and like eight. So we were very young. So since you were so young, you consider yourself more like a child of immigrants than an immigrant yourself? Yeah, it's really weird. I actually was think I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I never thought of myself as an immigrant. And then when I read the definition of an immigrant, I fit that criteria. I am an immigrant, but like if you're two years old, like, and this is the only country you have known, it's very strange to me to call myself an immigrant. Um, and I think the stigma behind the word immigrant, um, especially um, lately, 
uh, discourages people from like relating to that term, but I love that term now. I think it's, you know, I am an immigrant and I'm really proud of it. And I do call myself a child of immigrants because I am that as well. So uh, I really embrace that word. Whereas before I was like, I'm not really an immigrant, but yeah, by definition I am. That's great. So um, can you talk a little bit about any difficulties along the way as an immigrant or a child of immigrants while adapting to life in the U.S.? Mm. So, I mean, I think the difficulty that I had was I had a like if I think about it, like the number one thing that comes to mind is like a sense of belonging. Um, I. I always felt like I belonged and I belonged to like two groups. Like I belonged to the Armenian community and then I belonged to the American community. So I related to both cultures, if that's what you want to call it, you know, there's cultures within cultures, but yeah. Um, so I felt like I belonged in both yet I was always seen as not American enough or not Armenian enough with with the Armenians, I they would always encourage me to speak Armenian, so I was I was speaking English, so like yeah, I was you know labeled like Americanized or certain ways that I thought, certain things that I did, uh, you know, um, pointed towards being American Americanized, and then I think um, like my physical attributes, um, people in the United States, like they initially just see me as the other. They don't like people don't call me American. Like, you know, they will say, oh, where are you from? And then like when you say, oh, I'm from L.A., they'll be like, yeah, but like, where are you from? You know, so they would always try to um, focus on that aspect of my identity. So I always felt like I didn't belong to either group. So that was like a struggle. And I think in my in my 30s i kind of embraced and was like i belong to both i actually belong to a third group as well which are people like me who are grow, growing up in two cultures so um i feel like that's one of the biggest um you know uh difficulties that um children of immigrants you know um have to deal with struggle with you know their sense of belonging sense of identity um, but also I think another thing that I struggled with was, um, my parents were always supportive, but you know, they didn't have the knowledge about like, especially for school, like how to apply to college, how to fill out applications and all that. And I think, um, I was the first in my family to do a lot of things. So I didn't really have any anyone to go to to ask for advice ask for help of course my parents were very supportive and you know um um like my ambitions my dreams they always supported those but like you know the, those small things like that you need help with like they weren't able to help me and i don't blame them they they taught me a lot more but in those aspects, I think that that's difficult where you can't go to and say like, hey, how do I write this college application? Like my college essay, like how do I write this? Can you read this for me? Give me some feedback. So stuff like that, I felt like those those were times that I struggled. Yeah, I can really relate to that. I mentioned that uh, in the episode where I talk about my story is the fact that um, 
I had to rely on like my guidance counselor and some of the uh, in, I came here when I was 15 so it was like some of the ESL teachers um, in high school to help me write those college essays and and organize the applications and and do some college visits and things like that um, so I totally understand that um, to go back to your first point do you get offended when people ask you like the second time but where are you really from um I think that in the past because I really struggled with my identity and I was like oh why are people just like trying to box me into these different you know categories I would like feel frustrated uh, but now I just I really embrace being both like I think at different points in my life, I gravitated more towards the Armenian culture. And then there were points where I gravitated more towards the American culture. And like, now I feel like, not that there is a balance, but there is kind of like this, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, I feel comfortable in my own skin and be like, I am both. And you know, they're just asking me uh, where I'm from. They're curious. Um, and, you know, and I'll just, if I feel like they're boxing me into, you know, uh, you know, if I'm not American enough, like, you know, I know I am, I don't need their approval, you know, I don't need uh, them to approve of that anymore. So yeah, in the past, I would struggle with it, but now not anymore. That's really great that you've reached uh, a point of like this internal piece where you are okay with your identity and you're so comfortable in your skin that you don't need others um, approval. I think a lot of uh, immigrants and children of immigrants struggle with that, the balance between wanting to assimilate and wanting to maintain your um, culture of origin. So when mm -hmm. somebody asks you now, where are you from? What do you say? Ah, oh, I'll, 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 I'll just say I'm from LA and then, and then I just continue and I'm like, uh, my, I was born in Armenia. Uh, I can and I kind of have to give my life story <laughs> then because it's like, uh, it's, it's really hard to say like in one sentence, you know? Yeah. Cause I feel like I am from LA. Like I lived here all my life, you know, besides those two years and besides the two years that I moved to France, but like I lived here for most of my life. Like I feel weird saying I'm from Armenia. Like, yeah, I was born there, but yeah, yeah. So I, it's I have interesting. To, I feel like I have to elaborate. I have to elaborate. Exactly. Yeah. So when people ask me where I'm from, I was like, "How much time do you have?" Because my answer is yeah. not a one word, right? Um, so, what are some things that you do to maintain your um, Armenian culture of origin? Yeah, I mean, I think at home, like. Um, our traditions so like we we celebrated christmas like uh, december 25th uh christmas the christmas tree santa claus and all that but we also celebrated you know by doing all the traditions for the armenian culture like the setting of our table like um the food that we eat uh, all those are traditions that you know i i'm still maintaining in my family now that i have my own and uh, the language, of course, you know, speaking to my children in Armenian so that they know, listening to Armenian music, 
talking to them about their identity. So like I also tell my, you know, my son, he's older. So I'll tell them like, you're Armenian, you're American, and you're French. Like I tell them and I want them to feel proud of it. Uh, and because uh, I, I know that I struggled with it. So I have that conversation. So in that aspect, like the culture, the traditions, the, the food, um, the music, the language, like I try to keep those alive um, at home. That's beautiful. Really amazing that you can pass it to future generations. Um, growing up, what are some things that you saw your parents struggle with um, as immigrants and how did it impact you other than college mm. applications? Yeah, I think that um, I didn't realize that my parents were struggling until I became an adult. Because, like, my parents didn't really show me that they struggled. Like, they're, they had, uh, it was hidden. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was hidden. And so I know that they struggled with, you know, um, speaking English on the phone. They had to learn English when they came here. So until this day, they're very nervous to speak English on the phone. So uh, whether they're talking to a doctor or they're, you know, trying to resolve an issue with their credit card or the bank or the DMV or I don't know, uh, car insurance, like uh, we've, I've always had to help them, you know, tr translate. I became a translator for them. So I know that they struggled with uh, things like that and then, you know, uh, they, they struggled financially as well. Like uh, when we moved here, we were on welfare and, you know, they, they worked really hard to get out of uh, um, that, um, that situation. So I know that those are things that they struggled with and I didn't feel it. But now as an adult, I was like, oh, wow, they, they were really brave and they were really uh, hardworking. And so I'm really proud of that. I'm like really proud of them for uh, doing all of that. That's really amazing. And I hope you're able to tell them that it took me several years to like kind of um, thank my parents for immigrating for the second time for a better future for their kids, starting from scratch for the second time. And kind mm -hmm. of, you know, uh, admitting that there were times where I had to be not the parent, but like you said, the translator, the person who kind of uh, arranged all kinds of things like the bills and all that just for language reasons. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think I still today find ways to to help, uh, even though it's been over 20 years. What are some things that um, you'd like others to understand about children of immigrants? Sure. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think I can answer this question without mentioning my newsletter and my poetry. So I write poetry about being a child of immigrants, being multicultural, being multilingual, and all these like hidden uh, experiences. And I say hidden because like nobody really talks about it. Like I growing up, like I didn't have any books I didn't see anything in the media until till this day I don't really see it in the media kind of I see it and uh, like uh, child children of immigrants are being portrayed but not to the extent of like translating for their parents or stuff like that I I feel like um, I feel like there are different 
kinds of immigrants and not to like say ones are good or bad. I mean that you have different um, experiences. Not every immigrant is the same, you know, uh, an, a child of immigrants whose parents come to the country who are knowing English are going to have a completely different experience than uh, the children whose parents don't know English. So um, I really wanted to create a space to talk about these experiences, these hidden experiences, like, for example, translating for our parents, advocating for our parents, standing up for them when people give them dirty looks or are really annoyed by them, you know. Um, so I have a newsletter. It's called You're a Masterpiece, where um, every week I talk about these experiences that children of immigrants have. And I also share my poetry. Um, sometimes I share the process of my poetry and sometimes I share pieces of my poetry. And um, I call it You're a Masterpiece because I think that every child of immigrants is unique. Um, we have similarities, definitely. You and I, for example, seems like we have a lot of similarities, but our experiences are unique in that every family is different. And so I, I wanted to empower and give a voice to children of immigrants so that um, they have somewhere to go to to feel um, like they're like they're being they're seen, you know, like and one of the things that I think about a lot is that um, where do they go and how do they navigate this? identity issue. I reached it in adulthood. I didn't realize until adulthood how beautiful my experience was. Like how beautiful is it to be multicultural? Like you have these two perspectives, sometimes two or three perspectives, four, like, and you don't realize that because you're always trying to, when you're growing up as, especially as a teenager, you want to gravitate towards that one culture. And it's usually the American culture because you're growing up here. So, and that's what you see in the media. That's what you see as like the image of success, you know, for me, at least I know that when I would see images of success, that's what I saw. So, um, yeah, that's basically my whole, you know, journey of why I started my newsletter and my poetry. And I'll be sure to link uh, your uh, newsletter and website uh, in the podcast notes so people can find it and subscribe. And I can't wait to subscribe myself. Um, I think it's beautiful that you're giving voice to children of immigrants. One of the reasons I started this podcast is because I want to give people, immigrants, refugees, children of immigrants, um, a voice to tell their stories. I think every story is unique. Every story is beautiful. It's not like we're all the same. Even though, like you and I, I'm also from a former Soviet Republic, but our journeys are different. And again, yeah, mm -hmm. my parents also had to go to some weird place to get some documents because there was no embassy or something along the same line. Yeah. So I can totally, yeah. absolutely relate. And um, it really struck me what you said about advocating for our parents. Like, I it just brought tears to my eyes because, like, mm -hmm. even today. Even though my parents have been here for so many years, their English is not perfect. And people always hear an accent. I mean, I have an accent, you know. And um, people are sometimes just impatient. And like you said, they give dirty looks if it takes them longer to 
I don't know, ordering Starbucks or whatever it is. And it's just unacceptable. Um, and it hurts when you're seeing like somebody look at your appearance like that. Um, so yeah. what is Yeah, um, Yeah, that was, that's actually the, my latest newsletter was exactly about that. Um, you know, advocating for our parents and how it's not, not only is, is it not um, noticed, like nobody notices that you have to advocate for your parents, but nobody acknowledges or speaks highly of it. And I think it's a pretty big task on a child, you know, whether you're a teenager or you're even younger, or even as a young uh, adult, uh, as an adult, it's a very difficult thing to go through to see your parents treated that way. Yeah. So, um, but I also think that we need to embrace that we are, you know, um, uh, able to help our parents and happy. I'm, I'm very happy to help my parents. And sometimes I can't because some things are really hard to translate. <laughs> like, I don't know certain ways, certain terms to translate, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We all need to be more accepting and patient. What is some of your advice for other children of immigrants? How to advocate for their parents, how to be more patient, or maybe just how to deal with their own struggles? Yeah, I think um, my, I think authenticity is a big word, but I all think that really you have to embrace who you are and you are, I call it two people in one. I mean, you might be three people in one, four people in one if you belong to different cultures. But I think just embracing that that's who you are and realizing that it's actually an advantage. Uh, and as you grow older, you're going to see how it's an advantage, not only in the workplace, but how you see the world and how empathetic you, you do become when you are multicultural. Uh, you see things uh, very differently. You find solutions to things um and so just embracing embracing that identity and you know not being afraid to stand up for yourself or your family and you can you can do that gently just by you know saying a simple thing like last it was last week i didn't stand up for my dad my dad was with me i went to the dmv for this reason but there was another man and the the worker there was very short and annoyed by him and so I just told her, you know, um, he's clearly struggling and he's nervous. Um, I think you should be a bit more kind to the elderly. And that was it. That's all I said. You know, I wasn't like mean to her. I didn't yell at her. But just like a simple thing to um, sometimes people don't even realize it, that they are being that way. So not being afraid to speak up, because I think something that I struggled with, I'm not sure if you did, was I, I was really shy. Same. And I, yeah. Because I was, I didn't look like the typical uh, American. I always questioned things and I was like, do I fit in? Uh, is, is what I'm saying stupid? Like, uh, you know, and it's not, you have really good point of view. So if like, if anything, the younger generation, uh, children of immigrants, like you have a unique perspective, embrace that and feel confident to share your your point of view. Yeah, that's amazing advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for sharing um, your story as well as um, the work you're doing. I think it's really wonderful and I'll be sure to link it in the podcast notes so people can check it out. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? 
just, you know, it's beautiful to be multicultural. It's beautiful to be multilingual. Um, there is a phrase in Armenian that we say, I'll say it in Armenian, and that means the more languages you know, uh, the more of a person you are, meaning you understand the world differently. You see the world differently. So it's great to be multilingual. It's great to be multicultural. Embrace it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Susie. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to episode 62 of the Immigrant Squared podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, please check out Susie's poetry and sign up for her newsletter. Until next time.